we have the 2021 Melbourne Demons season preview. A preview that's going to be close to my heart for a team that often breaks it. So what's Melbourne going to do in 2021? Will they be a team that plunges the Trident into the AFL and stakes their claim in premiership glory? Or once again, are they going to take their supporters to hell and back? To join me in this preview today, I have the one, the only love machine. He's otherwise known as my brother, Mark Pepper, a very, very passionate Melbourne member. Mark, aka Love Machine, welcome to Lace Out. Christopher, thank you very much for having me. It's been a while since I've uh, joined the illustrious Lace Out podcast and uh, I've enjoyed every uh, pre-season preview that you've done so far. It's been fantastic listening and a magnificent effort to get all those podcasts organised and it's been really good to listen to some different perspectives of different teams. I've really enjoyed it uh, on the car rides to work. All right, let's cut the crap. We're here to talk about Melbourne, all right? Yep. Aren't they? They're just a club that kill us every single year, don't they? They just know how to rip the heart out of us. We should be clinically dead. We should have been dead probably about 20 years ago. Um, You know, the amount of heart failure, aneurysms, uh, it's just gone through the roof. We keep cardiologists in a job. Oh, we do. Uh, I'm sure, you know, it'd be pretty smart to be a cardiologist and a Melbourne supporter because this is double dipping. Um, yeah, they're, they're a very Jekyll and Hyde team. It's, uh, you know, we love it when they win. Uh, we probably just shrug our shoulders these days when they lose because we just expect it, uh, which is, you know, not an attitude to that. You don't just get overnight. That's built on decades of failure and frustration and nearly, you know, half chances and too much hope and just, just pure shit, (laughs) which just crushes your soul. And that's putting it nicely. And that's just the MCC side of things. What about the other side? Listen, oh. Let's have a look at let's look at have a look at um, 2020 before we get into the swing yeah. of things. It was once a year. We are the new Richmond. We finished ninth. Yep. A record of yep. nine and eight. Percentage of 107.81. Were finals bound, and then they had that horror week in Cairns. They lost to the Bulldogs. They lose to Fremantle and end up two points behind Collingwood making the eight. It's another wasted season. But from um, a Melbourne perspective, that's that's what they do year after year after year is just waste seasons. And it is – they are the most frustrating club to talk to. And when I've spoken to so many people from so many other podcasts over the last number of weeks, they've all said, I don't know how you do it as being a Melbourne supporter because they are – Exactly right. They are Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. They either get it perfectly right and they're awesome yep. or they are poo, woeful, yeah. disgusting. Yeah. And they We're win the unwinnable and they lose the unwinnable. Yeah. Our, they lose the winnable and win the unwinnable. Yeah, yeah. We are – We are. our consistency is being, being inconsistent. Consistent. That's, that's our trademark. And, you know, when you tell people that you're a Melbourne supporter, it's either a, oh, yeah, type – response like they have a bit of sympathy for you or they just look or at you when like, was your last premiership yeah exactly or if, depending if they're being a prick or not they'll uh, they'll start rubbing india um but you know it's it's we're just at a point now in our lives where it's just like i just want to see one premiership before i die i don't care how you do it you can get rid of the whole list next year i don't give a shit you can go through 17 coaches each week i don't care what you do but i just 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 want to see a premiership a loft on a podium at the end of the afternoon in September, 
and then I'll die. That's it. I don't care what you do anymore. Just do. That's all we want. It's not that hard. It's not that hard, and the thing is that they get so close, and they just can't get those final pieces of the puzzle. Whether it's the forward line, whether it's the you know they've got a great midfield back line's really solid. Forward line's yeah. playing up. They yeah, get all, they've got the, they've got so many sensational players that people would dream to have on their list, and the coaching department can't get it together. It just seems to be one thing after the other where we can't get the perfect harmony of on field and off field working together. Well, I think this is the year where we're, we're as close as we can be as a Melbourne supporter when it comes to having as at, at a full strength side on paper, quote unquote, as balanced a side as we've probably had for a long, long time, even pre-2018. That's if everyone, you know, I've already written off, to be honest, the first six weeks in terms of our performance, purely because of players that will be missing up until then. Um, but I'm sure we'll go through that later. But I'm mentally, I've prepared myself for a average first six weeks. Just yeah, so I, get I am a little so bit optimistic. I'm a little bit more optimistic. I think we have to be realists as well. Yes, it's going to be tough. But if you have a look at the teams that we're playing, they've got just as many injuries as well. Okay, so let's <clears throat> excuse me. Let's round out a couple of things. So we went into the end of last year. We have a bit of a clean out when we decide who we're getting rid of. Harley Bennell gets chopped off. Uh, Cole Dunkley gets delisted. Mitch Hannon gets traded over the doggies, which is a bit of a shame because that footage of him running down the wing, BT calling a yeah. 50, 40, 30, yeah. bang, yeah. crowd goes nuts. One of the greatest memories we've had in the last 30 years as Melbourne supporters. Mm-hmm. Alston McDonald, good to see. He did get delisted, picked up by Carlton. Great to see. Yeah. Uh, Braden Proust gets traded. We get something in for that. And the Wagner boys are out of there as well too. So yeah. it was a lot of probably list cloggers that they've got rid of and they've made yeah. their cash out of someone like Braden Proust. From the trade table, well, really, there was only one big guy that they brought in. They were deficient down in the forward line and they bring in uh, Sideshow Bob himself. Krusty the Clown's love child, Ben Brown, you know, before last year, three consistent years of kicking 60 goals. Everything that we wanted and the yep. good old curse of Norm Smith strikes again. Yep. Knee injury, but he's going to be out for the first, they say, four to six. Thank goodness Dave Misson's not going to be on it because it would be four to six and we'd see him back in probably 2028. 20, <laughs> Wiedemann goes down, Malcolm goes down, a little injuries here and there. And it's just, once again, you've got the players – capable, but they just can't get on the park at the same time. But it gives the opportunity for the young kids to go. We head to the draft. We pick up two kids who can use the ball, something that we've been wanting for years. Jake Bowie at 21, Bailey Laurie at 22, and then they pick up a bit of a roughie, Fraser Roseman, who from reports saying that he could be anything. Um, Bearing it up on the track, just a little bit young, a.k.a. the project player, but they're the ones that we're a little bit excited about too. I'm excited. So a little bit of I'm work done on the off field. I'm excited for Rosman. He's four deficiencies. Um, can't wait to see them all get on the park at the same time. But yeah, it looks like we're going to be a little bit, uh, a little bit troubled by that. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I'm I'm pretty happy with the draft that we got. Um, I think that we just um, you know we, we've we've probably overloaded in, in you know contested bulls using the terminology, and we've tried to go for some polish. And even though both um, Barry and Laurie are probably smaller in stature, we obviously think that their footy IQ is more than their brute muscle and strength. And uh, from early signs, um, as terms terms of long termers, I think we're on to some uh, a couple of good distributors. Okay, well, one person who isn't distributing too well at the moment is Simon Goodwin. 
He's going into his. Yep, he's going. Yeah, he's going into his fifth let season get, at the D's. Now the this is this is the, this is the bone of contention, right? This is the one where, you know, Ruse comes in, sits the club on the right track. Yeah, Goodwin comes in. We play that re- that stupid game where we lost to the Collingwood uh, the Collingwood Thirds at yeah. the MCG where they had virtually everybody out. Yeah, we go and make finals in two thousand and eighteen. Uh, 19 and 20, absolute fizzes of a season. To put it in perspective, in 2018, we had 16 wins. Yeah. Okay. Over the course of the season, including finals. Over the last two, uh, incl- which equals 37 games played in total, we've yeah. only been able to pinch 14. Yeah. So, team, we know what happened in that prelim final, whether we got ahead of ourselves, whether the list got further than we needed to, whether the coach thought we were further than we were. Maybe it was the old MCC with our heads in the sand realising we need to fix those deficiencies. No, we didn't need to. The last two years have been a sham and yeah. I'm really concerned that our coach may not be there by, I reckon, halfway through the season. If the first six weeks go to the Shizen, yeah, I think you've said it before, by Queen's birthday we may have a new coach and I would not be surprised if we do not pinch, if we don't even out the first six games – Goodwin is going to be in some serious trouble. I wrote last year. Um, I'm I'm a big fan of the um, the Demon Land, which is the uh, the online forum for the majority of Demons fans, and, and I'm on there. And I actually wrote. We're talking. There's a, a thread about Simon Goodwin at the start of last year. I wrote. I wouldn't be surprised if he's sacked by the middle of 2021 if things don't go away in the first 12 rounds next year, um, purely because of this big contract that. Uh, I think the thing that Melbourne craved for a long time in the uh, you know post the Bale the Bailey Neal sort of ruse era was stability. So we doubled down on stability um, to our own detriment because at the time um, Goody was still proving himself as a coach, um, and so we thought, okay, we got some momentum here. Let's lock him in. Okay, everything's stable, and naturally we'll just build on top of that year on year on year. Um, but that hasn't happened. And I did a bit of numbers work earlier today and I was just looking at just a few different types of stats. Um, and the one that really shocked me in terms of team rankings in 2018, when we were contested pressure, just nuts in terms of gang tackling and just pressure on the ball, we were ranked third in tackles. In 2020, we were ranked 18th in terms of total tackles per game. So our defensive side of our game has lapsed, which is basically what Paul Roos built up over three years. That's gone away in three years. And that was a brand of football that we were renowned for. Hard ball nuts. You're not going to get an easy game against us. And last year we turned into witches' hats. Yeah, because I think because I think we got so obsessed with trying to add more bows to our string when we didn't have to. All we had to do was just improve the instrument. Do you know what I mean? And like in 2018, we had this beautiful brand of, of, of contested pressure. I know the, the 666 rules change in terms of numbs off the square. Oh, you can it tweak stuffed it. us you up, can tweak that. be honest. We didn't react tweak, to that well at all. Can, yeah, we didn't. You can tweak that. Surely you can tweak that. But we should have just doubled down on that type of game style and just because it worked. But then in 2019, it was like, okay, we've got to mix it up a bit and become a bit more free-flowing and skillful. And the type of players that we had at the time versus what we were trying to do, they couldn't execute it. On top of you know, a big season in 2018, we had a lot of pre-season surgeries in the start of 2019. We just couldn't get rolling. We were inconsistent. We are trying to tweak a game plan that didn't work. And so last year, 2020, we retweaked it again, trying to get a bit more of a balance between the 
contested pressure of 2018 with a more free-flowing game and we sort of straightened it up and got to a point where we could make finals and in typical Melbourne fashion, we fucked it up royally. <laughs> and good to see, uh, we should have maybe given a warning for the kids, for the parents out there. Don't listen to this one with the kids because this one could Sorry. get very, very this is the, this argumentative is the, and very, very um, verbally family. aggressive. Now, here's the thing, though. If we have a look at, once again, if we have a look at last year, one massive upside to it was the guy that had been promising so much, the track, Christopher Track, oh. he goes away. Yeah. He wins the Bluey Trust Got uh, medal for Melbourne's Best and Fairest. And, you know, outside of some sensational seasons by Lockie Neal and Travis Boak, he yeah. would have walked away with a Brownlow. Like, that's how good his season was and can still get better. It, with, the way that the, with the way that the game is going now, with less rotations, meaning the midfielders may drop forward a little bit more, yeah. I'm really excited to see him go one-on-one down forward with some of these yeah. backmen because I reckon he – we saw it last year against St Kilda where he, he took on, I think it was three of them one stage and kicked the match-winning goal. He can, he could tear teams apart. He was doing it last year, yeah. but even from his pre-season form so far this year, he, he could take that to another level. And he's one of the players, if you're not a Melbourne supporter, that if you know that Melbourne's on this year because of what he did last year, you'll probably tune in for a bit and see what he can do. We haven't had a player like that in a, in a long, long, long time. Probably the last sort of excitement machine. Rod Grinter? Rod Grinter? <laughs> Rod Grinter. You oh, know, no, no, no. Uh, Alan Jarrett. Alan Jarrett. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, Alan no, no, no. Stephen Smith. Uh, Alan Johnson for, uh, for, oh, for Dad. Oh, no, no, no. His Brent Gergic. Brent Gergic. <laughs> um, I, I don't think we've had a play probably since Jeff Farmer that's probably uh, – Jakovic. Um, you know, oh, yeah, but he was, he was a shooting star. We had a lot of shooting stars. Shout out in terms of Jackovic. a player that uh, had. What's the Wunumiri? Liam Jara. <laughs> we get all no, but we get all these flash in the pan. Liam Jara, you know. We, we can't had, keep them. No, but that's why I'm saying it's been a long time since hopefully Petrarca turns into that excitement machine that's actually yep. consistent with his football over a period of, you know, six to eight years in yep. his prime and rather than just piss it down the toilet because our football department just has no idea how to get the best out of him. Hmm. Well, I think one of the big – so that was one of the, 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 the big side of things. Obviously, another one who had a sensational first year at the club, Ed Langdon. You know, oh, we needed a wingman, and he has been sensational. And I reckon the best thing about him is he's one of those fantastic, fast-running, tears-up-the-wing type of players, very similar to myself during my 377 <laughs> games at East Kiela. I was, I was waiting um, for the Larry to kick in. Yeah, but yeah, he, he, he was just he was sensational. He was sensational last year, and what? really set the wing a lot. And I'm looking forward to seeing, especially now the running game, what yeah. he's going to be able to do. We've still got something on the other side. I think we're, we're still a bit lacking on the other wing. We did bring Tomlinson in, that hasn't worked as well. But he may have no. found his spot down back. Could the slim and trim Tommy Mack take a wing? We don't know. We've got to put him somewhere. I, I don't I, know where. I don't know where. Maybe he can play as a decoy, like Brownless did for Ablett all those years. I'd probably put him. I'd, I'd probably play him on a half forward flank, to yep. be honest. Um, yep. I'd just just that link between wing and inside fifty. He can go. He can go deep, push back. He can push up the ground. He's got the engine. He's lost about, I think, six or seven kilos from last year. They tried to bulk him up after twenty eighteen, and that didn't work. So they slimmed him back down after they tried to get rid of him. Um, but I went to the preseason game against the Dogs, and he looked very slim, even slimmer than in twenty eighteen. So he's got the he's got the engine. Um, but I just think playing on the half forward flank, um, don't, he's, he's not a wingman. 
Um, you know, he still can go forward if needs be, especially in the early rounds where we need a bit of bigger body presence down forward. So that's where I'd put him. Okay. Another one that is probably – and a couple others that I want to go through um, before we sort of start to the outlook for next year. One person who's had a, a bit of a lowly type of time over the last couple of seasons is James Harm. Signed a longer contract. Yep. He's just getting played out of position. He's a tagger. He's played his best football as a tagger. Yeah. And if you have a look at the last game that we played against the Dogs, that practice match, the bomb went on an absolute tear yep. fest. Yeah, we should have tagged him. I know it's only a practice match, but why don't people tag? He was the perfect one. He was he was having scalps left, right, and centre during that 2018 season. Yeah, he's another one. Christian Salem, his ball use off halfback is brilliant. Do we move him up to a win? Has he got the tank? Has he got the ability to do so? Yeah. Um, Angus Brayshaw for the last once again couple of seasons, he was in no man's land. Uh, yeah. Finally came good. My my favourite. Clary. Oh, Clary. Plays his hundredth game, first game of the year. I'm a bit of sauce. Just, you know, he was kicking the ball a lot more, bursting from packs a little bit more than last yeah. year. Jake Lever started to get his mojo. Stephen May, who had an absolutely putrid 2019, oh. made up for it last year and yeah. dead set, should have been the All-Australian backbone. Screw you. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. That's what you get for being a favourite. Mm. Uh, Jack Viney, he just needs to be bull. You know, he looked like he might have thrown the um, the baby out with the bathwater after losing the captaincy, but he seems to have he's maybe rebounded though. He's I think rebounded he's really well now to know that he needs to get up, get his shit together, and yep. and you know, get on with it. Neville Jetta's still doing his thing now. This is where my concerns are at the moment: is Jetta, Hibbard, Melksham, um, yeah. Jack Viney's not as bad, but we've got. We've got 11 players over the age of 28, which is about the norm, maybe a little yep. bit higher than the norm, okay? Yep. Uh, but if you look at the other end of the, the other end of the scale where the excitement is, you've got 12 kids who have played 10 games or less, and some of those are Harrison Petty, who yep. looks like he could be anything. Trent Rivers, yeah. sensational halfback. Tom Sparrow, Luke Jackson. Once again, he's wearing the he's wearing the great man's number six, <laughs> and he looks like he's bulked up a bit to give Gorn a bit of that yeah. respite um, yeah. in the ruck and down forward. Uh, Jake Bowie, once again, James Jordan, who plays his first game this year, and a couple of others as well too. So there's a lot, oh, and you've got to throw in Kazai Pickett first season. So you know, oh, they've got that force, Cozzy, Cozzy, that forward uh, forward fifty pressure. We've yeah. got the midfield to make it work, and we've got the back line to make it work. It's like we've got all these parts. Yeah. We've got all these exotic ingredients, yet the chef, a.k.a. Yeah. the coach, doesn't know how to put them into a meal that's going to be easy to consume and win over the, win over the, uh, win over the diners. Yeah, I think we just, um, you know, in, you know, in that lead up to 2018, we, had a, we, we didn't have a, a, a skillful team. We just had a very disciplined and structured team. And I think as we sort of added layer on layer of, of polish, I think we lost our way when it came to what what actually can we do with this group of players? I think we tried to- What do we stand do, for? Yeah. You know, you, you know, with like, for example, and this is the thing that frustrated me when I went to the, the preseason game and a lot of people were like, it's only a preseason game. It, I didn't care about the result. It was, I just wanted to see a sort of structure or a flow or a, or a design of how they were going to play this year. I couldn't find it. The Bulldogs, very simple. They run, they spread, um, you know, they chip, chip, fast paced. You know that you know they're going to bring that week after week. Whereas Melbourne, are we uh, lock it in contest? You know, Goody talks about this brand, quote unquote oh, brand. Of I'm, sick of, I'm sick of the talk. 
Yeah. I'm sick of the talk. I would just love for him to show some emotion at a press conference. Yeah. Literally, you could play goody bingo. Oh, we're learning from it. We're going to talk yeah. about it during the week. Yeah. We'll review. It's like shots. It's like a drinking yeah. game. Yeah. You know how many times he sits back and scratches his left leg with his left hand and oh. leans forward and crosses his arms and tilts his head forward with he's trying to listen to a question from the back of the room when he's trying to think, you know, they're, they're the things that, you know, I've watched again and again. And I'm over the word learnings and I'm over the word, um, actually, no, just learnings. Play the word learnings again. I think I'll do a Terry Wallace and spew up because it's just, it's just. It's talk. We're it's sick either, of talk. I don't yeah, hear the talk anymore. Now, the, the thing about this year is that, you know, he said earlier in the week that, you know, he's, you know, he, he likes the expectation and the pressure. Of course, you're going to say that. You're not going to not say, I don't like it. But he has, to me, he admitted last year who needed more experience as assistants. So we brought in Choco. We brought in oh, who, are, who have been you know, just, just judging them just on as how they've, how they've been as coaches and as people are two of the best pickups that we've had in a long, long time. Basically, Goody's got probably 12 weeks, really, to know that to see if they've gelled together as a unit to show it on field. Otherwise, you've probably got one or two of those guys waiting in the wing saying, you know, I can be caretaker. I reckon what's going to happen is, is that if, it, if the ship does go down, I reckon Choco will take over. Yeah, with Uze to support. They won't give it to you. They won't give Uze the keys just yet. I reckon Choco's the man because apparently, if you go down all the preseason training reports, that he is the verbal one. He is the loud one. He's back yeah. old school side of things, yeah. and the players are absolutely loving it. Look, a yeah. couple of things that also I want to highlight is that champion data. Good old champion oh, data. Go sure. <laughs> love CD, data. don't you? Oh, yeah. CD. Uh, yes, I've mentioned it many, many times. The same mob that rated Mason Cox elite. Mm-hmm. Abraded us of having the 16th hardest draw. So we play Geelong twice, the Bulldogs twice, GWS, Hawthorne and Adelaide twice. Now, looking at that, on our day, I reckon we can beat any of those. The one I'd be most worried about would be Geelong at Geelong and the Western Bulldogs anywhere. The others, I'm not too phased about. So I can see why they've said that. It's funny. Outside of that. Yeah, we could probably we'll probably beat Geelong twice and lose to Adelaide twice. That's just how yeah. we play. Yeah, it was. I was actually looking. I actually scribbled down. I actually broke down the fixture into four blocks: okay. rounds one to six, seven to twelve, thirteen to sixteen, seventeen to twenty-three. And I sort of thought, well, what? I went for the first six rounds. I went three and three. Okay, break even. That's okay. Yep. Yeah, break even. I thought, considering who we're missing and who we're playing, three and three. I'm, I'll take that. Seven to twelve. Uh, I went four and two. I had okay. win, and the one that the one that I I was nearly going to be three and three, but I think this year we can actually beat North Melbourne in Tassie. That's the one that swayed <laughs> me out. I know we should. <laughs> if we don't. If we don't, we'll <laughs> yeah. move down to Tassie. Yeah, um, and then you know we've got, and then we've got Collingwood in rounds 13, 15, and sixteen. We've got thirteen Queen's birthday at the G. We have a bye, then we have Eston and the Giants. At the MCG, so we play three weeks in a row at the MCG. Yep. So those three games, if we've banked enough wins by then, which I'm assuming we'd be about seven and five before the buy, yep. that yep. would take us to about ten and five, with seven rounds to go. And then I looked at the last seven, and I went four and three. So all up, I'm thinking about maybe 13, 14, 14 wins. and eight. 14 and 8, 14, 7, whatever the hell it is. 14, 8, yeah. 14, 8. We should probably 14, finish 8. us yeah, about 7th to 8th. That's what I've roughly 
penciled out for the year. Okay, so let's go back to the full 22-round season, which was the last one occurred in 2019. Yeah. And 14 and 8 would have got you to sixth position. Yeah. So right. I'm, I'm expecting seven. And the, if you go 2018, the year that we made it, yeah. 14 and 8 would get you fifth. Yep. So That's- it's a very, very, very good draw. But once it's- again – We've been given. Tomorrow's going to be the, the first game against Fremantle is going to be bigger than we think. They've got a they've got a very very weak uh, forward line in terms of height. Yeah, the big guys are out. Uh, Walters, who's torn us apart so many times, isn't playing. We're virtually full stretch except for Brian Brown and Wiedemann. Yeah, I, I personally think we're going to win it, but we we have to win it because it means so much not just for momentum but for the membership of the club as well too. Melbourne supporters will put their hands in their pockets when they're winning and yeah. they'll go, they'll put the money over Dan Murphy's and buy some bottles of Grange when they're losing. All right, oh, go get some nice vintage cheddar on their cheese board and oh, some yam yeah. paste. Oh, It's a couple of crackers lavosh, as well. Lavosh too. biscuits as well, a bit oh, of lavosh. Yeah, I like yeah. the sunflower and I like the sunflower ones. They're pretty good. <laughs> All right, let's break this down. 2021, we're moving into the season. Okay. Yes. So uh, what excites you about 2021? What can you see coming from the Ds that gets you a little bit, mm, mm, hello, ladies, a little bit uh, a bit of movement in the station, Banjo Patterson style? There's a Jekyll and Hyde answer to that. The Jekyll, which is the good part, is – We've we've got all we've been given a very good draw. We've actually got um, players who we actually wanted to bring in. Basically, all the cards are on the table for us to not stuff it up. You know, mm-hmm. we've been given a very good position to actually make a run back into finals. The hide is we've been given a really good position, and we're going to absolutely <laughs> stuff it up royally. And then I really want to see Simon Goodwin get sacked. <laughs> so basically, the the cons- the ho- the concern and the hype is exactly the same thing. It just depends exactly. on which. Exactly, and it all yeah. it, it all comes down to the word consistency. Are we going to be consistent, Jekyll, or are we going to be inconsistent, Hyde? And depending on what the result is, I think I'd be equally excited because in one part we'll make finals, or in the other part we'll sack a coach who had has been given the keys to the kingdom and has royally stuffed it up over the last. Three and a half, four years. Yeah. The other thing also is, that's, is that that's, that's a horrible, and that's a horrible thing to think. Like every other podcast I've listened to, they're like, "Yeah, I'm really excited for Joe Danner at the Lions," or you know, the freer ones were like, "You know, Longmuir's in his second year, and I can see the, the you know the the chair and all these guys in Brayshaw." And I'm thinking, I'm really excited to hopefully see our coach get sacked. That's and, horrible, and that is horrible. But that's what we're like. Like we yeah. always say, our finals, our finals time, our grand final week is trade week. It is. It, it is, is because that's where that's where we do we do better we do better work in the trade room than we do on the field. Yeah. Like, Why can't we be as good in the coach's box as we are on the trade? Well, table? I reckon having I reckon look at having having Uze there, having Choco Williams on there is going to make a massive difference. I think we'll get some structure in there. I'd want to see Clayton yeah. Oliver kick the ball a lot more. He's a good kick. He just. Campbell's He's a very often. good kick. He's a very good kick, but I, they just have to like this first half of last year when they, you know, they were talking about that red mist, happy happy play on thing, and then they slowed it down. And then we played, I think Adelaide in about round nine or ten of the Adelaide Oval, and we just yep. slowed down the ball more. Clary, you know, looked up, took a few steps, kicked the ball a lot more, and he looked like a completely different player. The player that was, you know, built up to the player that he was up until the start of last year, and then he just went in this happy handball schizophrenic tour 
yeah. and just yeah went off the went off the renovate went off the reservation. Yeah, it did go off the rails, and we just need to get the train back on there. We just want the tra- you know we just want the captain going. This is what it is. You listen to you know if you've watched the Amazon series making their mark, you have a look at some of the way the coaches speak to their players, mm-hmm. especially someone like Damien Harwick. It doesn't go on. It's like guys, we know what we need to do. You know the structure. Yeah. Just go ahead and do it. Yeah, I feel sometimes you could be overcoached. I don't wonder yeah. if Melbourne's overcoached I think, I think too much. Have. Just let them play. I think we have, and that goes back to my original point of we had a system that worked. So rather than just keep improving the system that worked, we tried to add too many other strings to the bow, and we got confused. And now well, it's, it's like a golfer who changes his swing for no reason. Yeah, yeah. you know, I'll, just because just because someone else can you know hit the ball an extra twenty five meters doesn't mean that you have to hit the ball an extra thirty meters. You just have to be more accurate. <laughs> like, and a game plan is only as good as the cattle that you got. You could have the greatest game plan, but if you don't have the people to be able to execute yeah, it, it, it means exactly. nothing. And I think exactly. that's where I, teams like Richmond, they've got the right game plan for the people that they've got. Yeah, and, but we tried to be something that we aren't, and it's not yeah, going to work. And, and but they you know, but it's they don't they don't hide the fact that they don't, they that's the way that we play. You know what you're going to expect when you rock up. You know it's going to be the same type of game, whether it was from 2017 to 2021. That's how they play. They play the same system, whereas we've tried two or three almost mini strategic rebuilds in that time, and we just look like a confused team. Yep. Here's something for Melbourne supporters. You know, leave a comment on the uh, the Lace Out Facebook page. This is 100% true. You can tell a Melbourne are going to win in the first five minutes of a game, whether they're on or off. Yep. Yep, the other thing absolutely. that you can guarantee is, is that at least in one quarter, we will give a goal in the last minute of a quarter. Oh, oh, we we oh. would have the record of red time goals. I'd love to see the champion data stats on that. It is ridiculous the amount of cheap goals that we give right at the end of a quarter. Yep. It's just a yep. lapse in judgment, and that's our biggest issue, and that's my biggest concern once again is the mental capability and the mental stability of our team. Well, just one minute down. we're fantastic, and the next minute we just uh, we're, we're thinking about where are we going tonight, where are we partying, boys. It, yeah, hey, they can say that that doesn't happen, but you can see it. They're just not oh, tuned in whatsoever. When when um, I'm actually going to talk about Mark Neal for a second, one of his um, first or second meeting with the the players that they they videoed as they did because they still do and he mentioned you know this is the dna that we're going to play and he mentioned this thing about you know when the shit hits the fan and the chips are down and things aren't going against you you know this structure is the way that we're going to play and i feel that you know even though he was a hard ass that was too hard and wasn't right for the players at the time he did have a point you know that not everything's going to go your way so it's up to you based on the game plan that will teach you to rectify that. Yep. But we just have a mental fragility when it comes to locking teams down, making sure you're sticking to your zone defense, stick to your man. We just we just panic because we're just mentally, we just go, oh, shit, here we go again. Here we go again. And we just don't have the maturity to go, you know what, today's not the day. We're not going to get another six goals kicked on us in a row. We'll just double down and stick to the process and that's it. We just haven't we haven't figured that out yet. We no, thought we did in twenty. We're running out of time. We are running out yeah. of time. Players okay. are getting older, you know. Um, other 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 clubs will be looking at Oliver. You know, they may be looking at Petrarca. At well, apparently that's the rumor going around that Carlton are into him. And you know what? I don't think I don't think Petrarca's gonna go anywhere. I don't think Gorn's gonna go anywhere, but Oliver seems to be the one. I don't know. I don't think he will go anywhere. I don't but, think he will, but if we'll take two first round picks for him, 
Three. I want three. 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 Oh, yeah, two All-Australians, the best two best. Three. I remember years. from the movie Draft Day, I want three. <laughs> three first-round draft picks and, and all your seconds. All right. So which player this week, which player this year is going to – Get you a little bit excited, my friend. Who's the one that you go, oh, he's in for a good one? Um, Putman, Dave Putman, the punter. Sorry, that was a draft day reference. Sorry. Do you remember? You, this, Putney. This, it was Putney. Dave Putney. Dave Putney. Uh, yeah, Dave Putney. Put, yeah, yeah, the punter. Yeah, yeah we need a punt yeah, returner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get back on it. <laughs> Sorry. Um, what excites me about this year? No, no. Which player is going to be – the breakout for Melbourne this year? Oh, I, I think that, uh, you know, I, I think by the end of this year, there's going to be a bigger spotlight on Trent Rivers. Trent Rivers is Trent Rivers. He has got, and I said it last year, I wouldn't be surprised in, a, in six or seven years, he's a future Melbourne captain. I think he has got class and guts and skill. And you know what? He's, he's all in. And I think he, by the end of this year, there's going to be a lot of, uh, a lot of people talking about him. And I wouldn't be surprised if the conversation starts about trying to get him back home to WA. That's Three first-rounders. Yep, that's, <laughs> that's how good I think his year's going to be. I'm yep. putting and all I the chips in think, on Trent Rivers. Yeah, what are we looking here? Trent Rivers, he's only played nine games, so he's still capable to win the Rising Star. He could be that smoky. I know Raul's the one that they talk about. Yep. Trent Rivers could be the smoky if, if he yep. – so the, I've got two. One's an older player who's been around yep. for a long time. Mm-hmm. The other one had his first season last year. Luke Jackson. Well, you do love a bit of action. He, 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 action, good old action Jackson. He has had a stellar preseason. He's going to take more of the ruck duties to give Gorney more of a, tra- a drop out down there. Yeah. But he has got, he's got aerial capabilities. His he's, he's handwork is quick. He's great below his feet. He's going to be perfect for this running type game. And I think the more and more games we get into him, the more and more confidence is going to build and that mullet is going to flow. And <laughs> he is going to be very, very similar to Trent Rivers. The other one that I think could have an absolutely smashing year, this guy's 25 years of age and played 74 games. You wouldn't believe it's that many. He's been thrown everywhere, backline, wing, Full forward, forward pocket. And now with the changes to these rules, he's been training in the back line. Jaden Hunt might have, you know, we've been saying it every year, 2018 or 17 was electric. The way that they're going to have the run past the man because of the fact that you can't block off the the channels, he could have a career best season. And I know we say that a lot, but the the changes are suited for him. From the games that we've already seen, the game is quick. The game is fast and players that can run off half back are going to tear it up. His kicking is still a little bit suspect, but I still don't think it's as bad as people make it out to be. So they're my two, Jacko and Hunty are going to be my two breakouts. But unfortunately, model man, before you get into it, it has to be somebody who's going to have a breakdown. Somebody yeah. who's last year, somebody who look, uh, thank you for your thank you for your service. And um off you go into the uh into the sunset. Who have you picked for that one? Oh, it's a tough one. Um, uh, look, I think just—I mean, unfortunately, he's, he's signed till next year. But Jake Malcolm needs to pull his bloody finger out, his toes, and everything else. Yeah. Um, if he wasn't, you know, unfortunately, he's signed till the end of next year. I'm not going to say Nathan Jones. That's too obvious. Um, I hate to say it, but I think 
Neville Jetta. I think the game might pass him by uh, by the end of this year. He has been an absolutely, I mean, probably not a lot of opposition supporters can respect what he's done, but considering he was re-rookied and turned into an absolutely prime shutdown small defender, he has been a, 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 just a titan in defence, but I think the game's starting to slowly pass him by. Yeah, I think that's the I think that's the one as well too. Um, you know, Melksham last year, who you mentioned, he did kick fifteen goals, which is funny enough the same amount of goals he kicked in two thousand and nineteen. Yeah, but he got a lot more of the ball in two thousand and nineteen. I think he, I look, I don't know whether it was the hub. I'm not too sure, but I think he can come back to his best. Yeah. The the look, I do agree with Jetta. I do agree with Jones. I think they're definitely two players that are, are definitely going to be making their way into the far yeah. yonder at the end of this year. And I wouldn't be surprised if Jetta plays the first few rounds and then um makes yeah. some, makes some leeway for somebody else. Yep. The other one that I think that could be on his last legs, and it's no, it's just it's just Father Time has taken it on, and he has been he has been magnificent for us since coming across. Mm-hmm. Is Michael Hibbard. Yeah. Now, yeah, he's going to be pushing – he'll be pushing – he's 31 this year. He's going to be 32 by the time next year rolls around. Yeah. If he's still under contract, he, I don't think he can be playing off half-back because if you're going to have a Hunt, if you're going to have a Rivers, yeah, potentially Bowie or um, Laurie coming off that half-back line with their Caleb Daniel-like uh, skill, yeah, um, it's going to make it a challenge for him. Mind you, though, ever since joining us, he has been – Sensational. So the only thing I think is going to keep him out is either injury or father time towards the end of the season. Yeah, outside I mean, of the other ones, that's the one that I'm a little bit concerned about. The other he, one I'm concerned uh, about, sorry, the other one I'm concerned about is Adam Tomlinson. He came across on good money, uh, and so mm-hmm. far hasn't lived up. But maybe if they slot him down at centre half back, that's going to be that's going to help him out. Well, I think that. Well, just firstly on Hibbard, I mean, he is he's just. Uh, a pure heart and soul footballer. He's he's there's there's no airs or graces about him. He just gives his all every time. Um, yeah, I, you know, I think you know we really saw his best work in 2018. I hope, I hope because he's just I love watching him play because he just gives everything. I hope he can have a really good year. And I just yep. if, you know what, but if he does, for example, if he does get surpassed or they want to go down a younger route and he turns into backup through Casey, he would be. Good enough to actually say, you know what? That's fine. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. Yeah, he and seems to be the type of guy that would do that, wouldn't he? Yeah, I, I don't think he'd crack the shits for being like like Jetta. Same thing. If he needs to, you know, help educate some of the younger guys coming through as he sort of gets transitioned out, possibly mm-hmm. he'll do it because he loves yep. the club that much. Um, Tomlinson, um, I must admit, when he was, I love the fact that we got him, but it scratched my head that we're going to play him on the wing because he just he's too big. He's not that fast he, to, from what, from my perspective. I thought that he would be better as a almost like a half forward. He's got the bulk and the size. Mm. I know that's a bit left field. There were uh, too many half forwards. That's the problem. I know, but um, you could throw him down there or you just swing him in between half forward and half back. Basically, you have a Tom McDonald up one end and a Tomlinson the other and you just rotate them through. Yep, fair enough. That was fair my, my theory on those two, but, you know, that's it. No, sounds <laughs> sounds sounds good. Sounds good. All right, mate. Let's talk about it. Where do the D's finish in twenty twenty one? I've picked them in the eight to finish eighth. Uh, yeah. I just think that you know, from what happened last year, the games that we threw away, we should be able to pick up an extra couple of wins with the draw that we've got to slot us in the eighth position. Where do you put the D's at the end of season twenty twenty one? 
Love Machine. I um I have put them down at seventh. The days okay. I think that, uh, but I don't think it'll be much of a gap between seventh or eighth either. I think it would be either just down a percentage. Um, but I just think that we, I think this is the year where um, this is. I said this is the Jekyll and Hyde. The the Jekyll in me says we finish seventh. We have a uh, you know we'll be the away team for elimination final, um, and knowing our luck or just the way that the universe works, we'll win that game because we won't expect to win it. But somehow we'll win it. And it'll be, to be honest, it'll probably some sort of be ridiculous on the road, backs against the wall, never stood a chance type result going, oh my God, we're finally going to do it. And we'll play at the MCG the next week and we'll get smashed. (laughs) Hey, but at least we'll celebrate the one win. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you're going seventh. I'm going going eighth, which is good. If we have to put the agates on the chopping board, my friend, and determine, okay, who's going to take out the 2021 premiership? If it's not going to be our mob, who's it yeah. going to be and why? Oh, I, uh, I do have a, uh, a soft spot for Port Adelaide. Yep. I know a lot of, uh, you know, there's been a lot of talk around Richmond and rightly so, and a few of the, your other fellow podcasters have gone for Geelong. They've doubled down on on the mature age group. I just Dad's think army, Port Adelaide, mate. It's going to cost yeah. them at the end. Dad's army, yeah, mate. Yeah, I think. I think the way that the game is going to be played this year, this sort of, you know, fast play on, um, more more room to, to run into, I think that suits Port Adelaide more with their younger sort of squad that's coming through. Plus, they've had two or three years of playing together, so I think they're primed. Um, so I'm going to put my agates uh, at Old and Oval. Mm, okay, that's a nice one. Uh, Brownlow medalist. Brownlow medalist. Um, oh... I've been I've ummed an art on this one. Uh, as much as I would love to say Petrarca, um, which I hope does happen, I don't think it will. So I'm going to put it probably put it down to. Oh, I don't want Dusty. It's, Dusty's turning to Lisa McCune. I'm over him. Uh, as good He's as everywhere. He is, I'm over him. He's everywhere. He's everywhere. Yeah. I'm over him. Um, Lockie Neal, I don't think he'll probably have the case of the Woe Wodens this year in terms of a you know a post Brownlow year. I probably would put it down to God. Um, You've had two weeks to figure this one out, mate. Isn't I know, but I, my 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 head's been been going um and ahhing on this one. I'm actually um, it's not life ooh. and death. Come back, come back to that one. Oh Jesus! All right, okay. Couple of quick questions. Let me shout some quick ones at you. Okay, first and foremost, all right, some quick hands for you, little man. All right, yep. track or Oliver? Who would you take? Oh, track, track right. every day of the week. More versatile. Best play you've ever seen live for the D's. For the D's, I'd take, um, I'd, take I'd take track as well. But Oliver, I wouldn't be too shabby with him. Uh, best player I've seen live. My heart was with David Schwartz, mm-hmm. um, pre and post knees. Pre, yep. he was just a freak. Post, because he was such a bullocking beast of a man and just did, you know, got the best out of himself. And I just, I loved him. Had the number five on the jumper. Um, so, yeah, the ox for me. Okay. Mine was uh, Robbie Flower. Yeah, you um, did love to it. But um, I must say, the one that got me through the turnstiles, even though he didn't play as many games as I would have loved, was. Alan Jakovic, jeez! Oh, when he when he, when he kicked, I think when he kicked eleven against North, oh, oh, what a day that was! All right, um, Gorn or Steins? Steins. I'll take Gorn. Steins, Steins, just more mobile. Uh, could you know cover the ground like a middle distance runner? 
Um, yeah, that's okay. purely down athleticism. Um, there's two coaches available to coach Melbourne. One's Mark Neal and one's Simon Goodwin. Who do you take? <laughs> oh my god! Um, you know what? As crazy as this sounds, I would love to see what Mark Neal would do with this team. Oh, you just want to go I'd for Rory's reality bust, don't you? Love two, two. I'd love it. You know why? Because because you know, give him give him credit. He was, I think, from memory, he was midfield coach at Collingwood when they won the premiership. So he could coach, but he came to a – well, I think he could. I think this, – this is the way I saw it, right? Now I'm going to use a bit of an analogy. I reckon when we had Dean Bailey, he was like Roger Moore, more of a, you know, friendly guy, and then they went, okay, we need a hard ass. We're going to get Timothy Dalton. And then people didn't like Timothy Dalton because he was too much of a, uh, a serious bond. Sorry, sorry for, the, for, the, for, the, for the people who are not nerds here um these are james bond characters not mark's <laughs> fantasies i am sitting in front of three james bond posters on a wall here so yeah so yeah <laughs> i think we he tried to be too much of a hard ass because we thought we needed a hard ass so we got the hardest ass of all but he was too hard and the players didn't respond so i would yeah. love to see what he could bring that mentality which is what we need right now and i reckon he'd do pretty well okay but does my- melbourne have a soft culture yes how would you change it? Ah, uh, Look, um, that's a multi-layered, multi-faceted answer. But purely, you know what? You know what it is. Nail down your home base option. Yep. Nail down your home base. Don't be this gnome. And and as stupid as that sounds, coming into one workplace that has history and all your facilities in one spot, I think would add so much more to the, uh, so much more to the club because right now we've got. Amy Park for the footy department, MC, you know, MCG for the for the admin, and then we've got down at Casey Fields as almost like our our hybrid home base now. Um, and you know, they've been talking about a home base for Melbourne for fifty years, and we still haven't figured it out. Oh, we stuffed, we screwed the pooch with the aquatic center. We had that. Someone offered yeah, us did. the aquatic center for a million dollars, and we went, "No one's yeah, going to no. want that." So that's all you get. Get nail the home. Every Melbourne supporter, glass house, yeah. Every Melbourne supporter, all they want right now outside of a premiership is a home base. So we can go after the go after the game and drown our sorrows. Yes. Yes. And put money back into the club. All right. Last but not least, if you could pinch a player from any other club right now, yeah. slot them into the D's, who would it be? To start round one? Just no, slot them into the team. Not round one, Charlie, just slot them into the team. Charlie Dixon. Give me. That is Perfect. Charlie, Charlie, give me the oh, big dick Charlie out of the Dixon. square. Just throbbing. Right, uh, uh, big Trev, out. Big Trev's our dad. Big Trev, he saw Charlie Dixon, and I think Trev did a bit of, ooh, he's a He loves a bit of Charlie Dix. Love hey, Love Machine, you. you are a dead set legend. You know that. Um, thank you very much <laughs> for coming on board to get this thank Melbourne preview out of the way. Thank you. Uh, you're going to be going to many games, I hope, throughout the year. So if I you see the guy throwing – Throwing tanties uh, in the uh, Southern Stand or in the MCC, depending on how he's feeling. That's probably me and the Love Machine, and then we'll probably be in the Bull Ring drowning our sorrows on uh, MCC Lager. Uh, so there you go, Melbourne supporters. There's our 2021 season preview. But before we finish, who's your Brownlow medalist? Thank you. I'm going to go, you know what, stuff it. I'm going to go all in on Port Adelaide. I'm going to go with one Oliver Wines. 
Ooh, I thought you were going to go with the ski double up, Aaliyah. Aaliyah. No, it's, it's the it's 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 poor cheer. I think this poor year. Cheer. It's, poor cheer. it's poor it's cheer. It's poor cheer. But that's Melbourne's season preview. Cheer. Love Holy machine. Wine. Thank you for your time, listeners. There it is. Once again, we're going live Tuesday nights, eight pm on our Facebook page. And Mark, it's just got one simple question for you, and it simply goes like this: Love machine. How do you want your footy? Like how you love your ladies. Lace out. Have a good night, listeners. See ya. Oh, you've thrown me. See you, guys. <laughs> Thanks for listening to our latest episode. If you haven't done so already, make sure to subscribe, rate, and leave a review on iTunes. I'm your host, Chris Pepper, and with Jamie Wallace, we give you your footy how you want it. Ice out.